sugar don't you worry i'm not sweet <laughs> all right <laughs> fucking god i just <laughs> hi welcome to were you even listening the podcast that examines new albums and new music through a unique lens that was a great way to describe it. <laughs> just my mind is <laughs> unique we're unique. We're fun. We're quirky. yeah. No, yeah. No, like this is the the new and improved. Where you've been listening. Um, if you haven't already caught on to that, you should by now. We've already had a couple episodes with our new format. Yes, already. and while they and have we've been, talked about it every single time. So. While they have been um, spaced out, I think the the quality has been. Yeah, less is more. Like, wouldn't you rather have less but like better quality? Yeah, no, I would for sure. Absolutely. Exactly. And that's what we're giving for you. This, so you're welcome. This pre-holiday season. Yeah. So, well, on this episode, also, we're, like, diving into two records, uh-huh. an EP and an album. So, like, that's really exciting. Yeah. So this this podcast itself has an extended play, looking at an extended play. Wait till you see what the B-side is. <laughs> Just you won't you believe wait. your eyes. <laughs> your it's, ears. Yeah. It's going to be, like, one of those, uh, like record pressings that have a correct A side and then the B side's just either like a fucking other record or the same side as the A side just flipped. I'm triggered because <laughs> because my copy of um what was it? House of Balloons, right? House of Balloons yeah. by the weekend literally <laughs> has the like there you know there's two vinyls, A side, B side. I got two of the same A side, B side and no D side or C. And I was like Okay, I guess I will not listen to The Morning, even though that was my favorite song. No, the it. second half of the album does not exist. Yeah. Sorry. I was so mad. Like, And I, it took me so long to realize it because I'm just like, I don't know. I just wasn't catching on. I'm like, how come I haven't heard this song yet? And it just kept flipping it. And I'm just like, <laughs> where are you? Where is this song? And I, then I realized. Inspecting the grooves to see like if it's one of it the Jack so White bad. things. It is so bad. It's embarrassing how long it took me to actually figure that out. There was... um. Speaking of hidden tracks, I guess, uh, I think it was Lazaretto, the Jack White album. It had oh, a... Oh, God. Yeah, well, <laughs> correct. But it had a, a grooved end, so it would never stop spinning, basically. <laughs> and it would just play, like, sound effects. Oh, that's and then cool. If you... Did it do that on purpose? Because it seems like something Jack yeah, White would yeah. do. And then if you, like, shone a black light over the label, a hidden track would appear that I truly don't understand how that works. Like, even a little bit. That's amazing. That's so high-tech and advanced. Like, I just don't get it. Because, like, how is, the, how is the fact that now light is being shown on this reveal the fact that there is an extra groove here with music in it? Like, that doesn't make sense it to isn't, me. That's not, like, I don't think that's, like, physics. Like, I don't think like, that's, I like... I think that defies some law. yeah. So, who knows? Um, But Jack White's going to keep doing the things that Jack White wants to do, I suppose. 
Yeah. No. You know what else is going to do who they want to do? I really wanted to sneak this in here. Um, Ariana Grande oh. released her teaser trailer for um, Thank You Next music video. Yeah. I am so excited. I have fallen in love with Troy Sivan, I think. He's in it. Yeah, he's in it. And, like, I just, his voice is amazing. Like, I really just like hearing him talk more than anything. I hear she's dating this girl named Aubrey. It's fucking sick. <laughs> like, <laughs> I watched um, the Bon Appetit video of him trying to keep up with a professional chef while they were making um, some sort of chicken dish. And he was just completely hopeless. I'm sorry. (laughs) No, it's fine. We need to make an episode full of, like, Vine references and music. Like, because Vine, like, defined some music. It's a fine generation, I would say. Like, what's that Starship song? Or Star... It's it's a song with stars in it. Uh, I'm not going to sing it. Oh, 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 oh. This is going to make me mad. Oh. The the Bag Rider song? Yes, yes. Um, like, that was... Shooting That stars. song got... Vine made that song. Yeah. And also, Vine made the run song with the umbrellas. Bum, 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 yeah. Bum, <laughs> There's so much that we could unpack there. I'm, uh, I'm sure, like, someone has already done that. But yes, I would like to do that at some point. Anyways, yeah. So, back to Ariana Grande, because I, I got off track. But I'm, like, super excited for her surprise album. Uh-huh. And if that's not the next episode that we record, I'm going to be hella pissed. Because that like... means that she didn't drop it in time. Yeah. So, like, obviously, we have, we're running out of time. We have to get yeah. a, a 2018 in review episode out because uh, everyone has to do that. Every music podcast has to have a 2018 music in review podcast that are all called the same thing so that it's really easy to find on iTunes. And then we have to talk about how some obscure record is actually better than every other record that came out this year. Last year was King Cruel, <laughs> The Ooze. And then this year will be something, I'm sure. I wouldn't exactly call King Cruel obscure. I would. I think he was when that album came out. Yeah. No, when I saw him at Coachella, <laughs> when I went to Coachella, no, but like <laughs> when I saw him there, I was like front, I was front row. Because like, there were like probably because, you and like four other and people And I didn't present. realize like when I turned around after the concert, everybody was gone. And I'm like, how did everybody get out so Where fast? Where am I? Were there, were there only, I'm like, there's probably not even that many, prob- people didn't even reach like the sound thing that's in the middle of like the you know hmm. area that I would have been there. In. but like yeah i turned around and i was like oh my god there's nobody here <laughs> they were all at they were all at french montana or something like great because well black black was on right before king cruel so i saw black and then as soon as everybody was leaving because everybody wanted to see like french Man- montana and then like me goes after and miguel was also at the same time so i just scooted my way up to the front i mean you made the right choice like of those of those choices i absolutely would go with king cruel yeah like but whatever anyways this is the longest intro we've ever had no we've had there's a lot to talk about there's so much yeah um but yeah ariana's new album hopefully will be out in time for us to record a new of uh, 2018 in review episode which will be good because she has two albums that came out this year if it comes out by the end of December um, which is great and then the Ariana Grande fingering a hurricane sweater finally came out. oh yeah I wore that to Thanksgiving me too (laughs) I prepared all of Thanksgiving in my Ariana Grande got as a woman sweater I definitely had like relatives be like what's on your shirt 
Like, oh, you oh. don't know? No. <laughs> I literally was just like, oh, it's from Ariana Grande's new music video. And they're like, oh, cool. Like, because they couldn't actually tell. Yeah, because it's like a little <laughs> faded. So, like, it's not super offensive. Like, uh, you could get away with wearing that on a daily basis. And, oh, like, yeah. People wouldn't notice. But then if you look at it, you're like, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> what is she doing? It's so cozy, though. It's a but very anyways, cozy yeah. sweater. Thank you, Next. It's like taking stuff from like four different movies. We got like Mean Girls, which the trailer was Mean Girls themed. Also taking people who were even like in the actual movie. Then there's um, 13 Going on 30 is reference. That's why she got the haircut. Um, Bring It On is reference. Mm-hmm. The first one, because that's the only good one. Really. All or Nothing. No. that's The Back Down. N- no, just, just the first Bring It On. The rest are so good. I love No, I love the first one was the only good one. Anyways. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. What's the one with Reese Witherspoon? Uh, Legally Blonde. It's also referenced. And... I think that's it. No, there's four. What's the fourth one? That was four. You that just, was four? You just listed four. Yep. Okay, so that was, that was <laughs> it. Okay. All right, so we could get into it now. Yeah, so we'll get into it right after this word from our sponsors. You, the listeners of Were You Even Listening, Vinyl Me Please is a vinyl record of the month club. The best record club, in fact. Every month, Vinyl Me Please features one album that is essential to the modern vinyl collection and sends it to thousands of members worldwide. Plus, members get exclusive access to the Vinyl Me Please store, filled to the brim with special releases, reissues, and more that you won't find anywhere else. To join their record club, go to joinvmp.com backslash WFSE. Again, that's joinvmp.com backslash WFSE to join Vinyl Me Please. And we're back. And better than ever. I need to stop saying that every time we say we're back because we're really not better than ever. I'm falling Pretty much apart. every time that I say that. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm absolutely losing my shit. All right, let's go. This week, our our main topic is Anderson Pack's Oxnard, his new album that came out last week. Yeah, so, well, actually, two weeks, two weeks ago? Yeah, so we know what came out two weeks ago, but guess what? We're going to talk about it now because it's a free country and we can do what we want. So we're talking about a record that came Damn, out two weeks ago. Damn. There you go. You've probably already heard it but at this point. And if you haven't, well, you're about to. So, <laughs> anyways, <laughs> it's really long. It's like an hour long. <laughs> it's like really long. Like, it's not actually that long, but it feels really long because I feel like a lot of the tracks on the second half kind of sound very Yeah, by like the second half of it, I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm over it. Like, I, yeah. I'm just like pushing through at that point. I'm like, Which is unfortunate because it's all good. Like, every song individually is is strong. Like, they're they're all good, well-produced Anderson Pack songs. Yeah. Um, I mean, but, it's definitely well produced, but it's also it was produced by Dr. Dre. Yeah, who's like, he's killing it this year. He there. really is. Like, yeah. Um, this year, as if he hasn't other years, but like <laughs> when people really yeah. find out about this Dr. Dre guy, like he's <laughs> gonna make it big. Um, but this is the last of the Beach series. Um, there was Venice, Malibu, and then Oxnard. And this one did the best in the charts. I mean, it. You know, Reached I don't 11. even know if. Did the other two crack the Billboard 200? Like um, the last one did. Malibu did. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I don't remember what number it was. But it reached 11th on the Billboard 200 and has been the most um, like popular release as far as sales and downloads and streams. Yeah. I think definitely it's the most, like, I don't know how to say this, like, user-friendly. Like, I think a lot of people like this the best. Which confuses me because I think Malibu's a better record, but we can get into that yeah. later as we talk about it. 
Um, it has a lot of guest writers, a lot of features. Um, Sid from the internet is listed as a writer on Tints, which I think is really fun. I, because that, it's, I think that's really interesting. Yeah. Like, it's just, like, so, like, random. I wasn't expecting it. Yeah. And then I'm just looking through the credits, and it's like, Sydney Bennett. I'm like, what? <laughs> Who? Where? And then, yeah. So... Uh, all right, so we're just going to get into this, I'm assuming, like, track by track, and then overall thoughts. Yeah, that's fine. I'm okay. I'm definitely cool with not talking about some of them, because I just... Oh, like, no, yeah, like, that. we don't need to. Tracks. We don't need to. Yeah, that's unnecessary. <laughs> Very unnecessary. But we'll start with the intro of the chase. Yes. Um, because I, like, you were talking about how it's, like, very 60s-inspired instrumental mm-hmm. instrumentals. Mm-hmm. And I agree, and I definitely get, like, that 60s, like, my, okay, I need to put this coffee down, because it's probably, like, making weird sounds in the mic. Um, <laughs> crunching noises. I know. If, if you podcast. heard crunching noises, it's my coffee. Anyways, um, like, I really appreciate that 60s jazz soul vibe going on there. Mm-hmm. It feels like I'm in, like, an Austin Powers, like, opening credit scene. Kind yeah, of. yeah. That's I, the vibe I get. Austin Powers. Yeah, Austin Powers. I got um, very, like, Jane Fonda and Barbarella kind of that soundtrack it's very lots of like piano and um but like jazz piano and um rhythm um that was taken from a lot of the jazz and soul music in the 60s and that was then applied to a lot of mediums and television shows movies etc so it's a vibe that i think a lot of people will immediately recognize and get and that's a, a great way to start an album i think um, the song itself is fine, but I definitely was really more impressed with the instrumentals kind of overall on the whole album. Um, it yeah, just has it a... was very well. It was it was so well produced. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I really do believe that, despite the fact that I think at times I got a little bored. Yeah. I could still recognize the fact that it was like, oh, it's a well-done record, mm-hmm. you know? But yeah, and then and then had it followed up totally different vibe. We're totally switching gears here for Head Low. <laughs> like, it's very bold to have a song about getting head like the second like the right out of the back technically song, the first, yeah. if, you, if you don't count the intro as a real song it's the first song it's the first song then really um like he's con- so versatile honestly considering though the subject matter it's a really like smooth it kind of smooth. jam and i really yeah. like it um tints tints is good I mean, I don't have. Did you have anything else to say about Hello? It's just no, not really. It's there's just not much to say about it. It's good. It's fine. Um, and then Tints, that's a good song. Like this is a fun song that I would jam out to in my car. I have already done that. Yeah, it's fun. It's beachy. Um, obviously fitting into the theme, and like very West Coast. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you are in the OC. Yeah. Like you are on the beach. You are seeing rollerblading people. Like, 90210. 902-1. <laughs> but I really like the song, and it features Kendrick Lamar, and it's used really, really well. Um, the lyrics for that section are mostly about like trying to um, block yourself off from paparazzi and fans once you've reached a certain level of celebrity. Yeah. Because it's hard to kind of go about your daily life when everybody is expecting you to say or do something. Yeah. And like be their role model, and it shows that not everyone really feels as comfortable or wants to be in the spotlight in that way, even though they are producing music or right. are an icon. Hence, tinted windows. Mm-hmm. Good metaphor. Great Like metaphor. it. Good simile. Whatever. Um, but no, like, I really like, I honestly, I love Anderson Pack's like, style. He's very, like, funky. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like it's not just, like, mainstream hip-hop. Like, he really just adds a lot of elements to everything that he does, and that's why I like him. Um 
But, and like I was saying before, like every track on this album, while it isn't mind-blowing, I think I really appreciate the album overall. And fun fact about this song, though, apparently he hasn't worked like with Kendrick one-on-one in like the studio yet. Everything oh. that they've done together has been like over the internet, like sending back and forth. Hmm. Like their cuts, they have, haven't actually like worked in the studio together. So and they, they have like three songs together. Yeah, so when they do, it'll be the strongest album to ever exist. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, they're doing it. They're they're doing it to give other artists a chance, really. Yeah, because once once they get together, it's done. It, yeah, it's done. <laughs> uh, anyways, who are you? I'm not asking who you are. I know who you are. <laughs> That's the name of the song. I just feel like that came. <laughs> I don't... I'm only halfway through my coffee. Just give me a second. Just give me I a second. really don't like this one, and it's kind of repetitive. I'm not like mad at its existence. I just don't like it, and it's not the type of the type of rap that I love. But it's definitely something that people will like. Like it's a very kind of just traditional mainstream rap song. Yeah, I was gonna say I actually like this one um, because wow. it's the most like mainstream rap of all the songs out on the album. It's, I think it's the most accessible for yeah. sure. And like, if you're not listening, like if you hadn't listened to Anderson Pack before, which, but like, <laughs> if, if, if I you... mean, if you haven't watched those Starbucks commercials where parking lot plays, like yeah. that plays like literally fifty times a day when I'm watching my YouTube TV. So, <laughs> if you. If you haven't, and, like, this is the album that you find, and then you see, oh, look, it has Kendrick on it, it has Pusha T, okay, I know who these people are, and then you click on who are you. It's not going to be what you expected when you see who's on it. When you see, like, that Snoop's on it, Mm -hmm. and obviously Dr. Dre, and, like, yeah, like I said, Pusha, and J. Cole, and Kendrick, when when you see those names, you're expecting a different album than what you're getting, honestly, Mm -hmm. I think. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's definitely different. It's, It's definitely, I think, a... It's it's hip hop through a lens of so many different influences that it becomes its own kind of style. Like I think Anderson's style is something that stands out um, very much. Like especially in the modern in the ro- modern rap like ecosystem, because you have a lot of obviously like Migos and then all the SoundCloud rappers are kind of like similar, I would say. But Migos obviously standing out because they have achieved success and have music that's worth listening to and then you (laughs) um and then you obviously you have kendrick and you have snoop and you have dr dre and you have like kind of old style of rap um more like i think it's more storytelling yeah i think yeah i think the style is a lot different Mm -hmm. and like i think it's similar to how um like on the internet's more recent album hive mind like not hive mind have mind hive mind hive mind yeah. Yeah. That's the most recent one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 Ego Death was the one before that. Yeah. So on Hive Mind, I think it's like, it's modern hip hop, but it has so many different like influences and you have everybody in the band's individual like taste kind of influencing each song. And Anderson definitely, I think, has synthesized a lot of what is good about hip hop, a lot of what's good about rap and like the modern kind of rap scene and made it into his own kind of platform to mm-hmm. share opinions, to, you know, tell stories and stuff like that. And while there are a lot of songs that are just like kind of traditional rap things, there's also like Six Summers, which we're about to talk about, oh. that is political commentary in a way that's, um, I, like, I don't want to say accessible, but like, it's 
political commentary that is easily understood. Like yeah. you can't you can't misinterpret. You know the exactly point of this what song. he's saying. You, yeah. you can tell the message like clear. It's not it's not like um in our last episode like the metaphorical 21 pilots like Yeah, no. It's like, like you don't have no idea what's <laughs> actually it has to be up for interpretation. <laughs> like you don't know what they're talking about. Yeah, like it's not record. allegory. Like this is yeah. what's happening. This is my interpretation of it. It's like kind of very similar to a lot of the storytelling elements on To Pimp a Butterfly, I think. Um it's very just in the open. It's very clear and you can take it for what it is, basically. I like that. Uh, but yeah, so Six Summers, this is the one I think we're just really going to dive into because mm-hmm. there's a lot to unpack here because it is the one like overtly politically charged song. Like every record has one, I guess, you know. Yeah, and, like, every... I feel like a lot of the songs on here come from a a political like viewpoint, mm-hmm. but this is the one that's the most overt like yeah. proclamation. Yeah, this one, it's honestly, like, it's a standout track for me. Mm-hmm. And it, I've listen, I think this is the one I've listened to the most because I just, like, every time I listen to it, I feel like I'm hearing something new. Like, I'm getting yeah. something more out of it. You know what I mean? It's basically just a big, like, fuck, fuck Trump. Fuck you, Trump. Yeah. Fuck this administration. <laughs> fuck everything that's happening. Like, the one line, Dear Sorry, Mr. Republicans. <laughs> Dear, Dear Mr. President, it's obvious that you don't give a damn. And then, like, that's, I think, my favorite line, like, on this entire record. Yeah. It's just that. Because um, it starts off and you think it's just going to be a just a, a regular, normal, just kind of like. Yeah. Because coming off of Who Are You, you're expecting like another rap song, like just another traditional mainstream rap song. And you have the, you know, this the this shit gone bang for at least six summers thing. You have the introduction that's very like, like you think it's just going to be the introduction. Like that's just leading up to like, okay, so like obviously, yeah. Fuck, fuck Trump, et cetera, et cetera. And then it's just going to become a normal song. But it doesn't. It continues yeah, that it thread goes, and it delves the into like more things. Time. Yeah. Like, and I feel like some people might not like it. Like, I feel like to some people this message is almost like played out in cliche because a lot of people talk about it. But like at, this, at the same time, it's like he is at least he's trying to say something. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, I'm glad he's using his platform to talk about this shit. And mm-hmm. I think what he's saying is true. Um, and to, like, review its message, pretty much it's just fuck Trump. Um, uh, people in the office keep turning a blind eye to police brutality and gun violence. Mm-hmm. And then also fuck Trump, Trump again. And then that's pretty much the <laughs> Additionally, song. Um, uh, also, also fuck Trump. <laughs> um, but, no, like, I thought it was really interesting. And I don't know if I'm reading too much into this, but, like, you know, the line, like, this is going to bang for at least six mm-hmm. summers. Like, I feel like in six years, that's 2024. Mm-hmm. And assuming, like, that mo- misogynistic piece of shit gets reelected, um, then in 2024, he'll be done with the second term. Mm-hmm. I think that's interesting because also when he says right after that, it's not going to change for at least yeah. three summers. In three years, that ends his first term, which means he could possibly be out if that's what people choose to do. Mm-hmm. It's not too late for us to do something, guys. Yeah. Sorry to like get blown. No, I don't. I don't I'm mean to like share my views really that intensely. But like, <laughs> that's like the the lens by which this song and a lot of the tracks on here like should be viewed. I think, like, from yeah. my interpretation, this whole album definitely does have some political undertone to it, and it should. I feel like a lot of music, like artists, are creating things that people are going to, you know have for years and years and years because it's not like it's going to go away at this point like these Mm -hmm. songs are going to exist forever when we look back at them we'll be able to see whatever like 
the political climate was, what people were thinking, what the people who were creating like iconic work at the time were going through. Mm-hmm. And like I think that's why it's really important that we have tracks like this that are so overtly critical of what's going on. Because they will be like eventually, I think, like a guidepost for someone in the future looking back at this and being like, wow. This guy knew what was up. Wow. Uh, no, but yeah, I think like really this is the one song that I encourage people to like really listen to the mm-hmm. lyrics because there's so much there's so much to get into there. Like he ends up, you know, obviously he he pokes fun at Trump like when he talks about like having a daughter and mm-hmm. like getting with the mistress or whatever and and getting into that and like playing on the fact like that I don't, I don't remember the exact lyrics honestly, so I can't even say, but like basically kind of saying that referencing that he's creating an image of a daughter that Trump he thinks Trump wouldn't like you mm-hmm. know what I mean um like if I had the lyrics I'd be able to explain that better but um and then he goes into like gun violence like different aspects of it too like he I feel like there's a little bit of pr- police brutality in mm-hmm. there when he references that and then he also references like lone shooters and like that kind of thing and he really delves into that and I think that's something I appreciate because that subject is something that I've like studied a lot and just like learned a lot about. So, and like, he also calls out Trump for like his ties with, you know, the NRA and stuff like that and his Twitter and, and it's really funny. Verse three is really good. Like he get he goes off. It's a good track. He goes off in verse three. Um, but yeah. And then, my favorite line, I don't know if it was, is this considered the bridge, the, yeah. so I smoke and I drink yeah. just to cope with the pain? I really, that's probably my favorite line, get the Coltrane and the Cobain. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that's referencing, like, Coltrane I think it and is. Kurt Cobain, yes, I think. or if it's reference, referencing, like, that strain of weed that's called Coltrane and Cobain, I don't really know, but... Maybe both. Maybe both. We can have a double meaning. Like, (laughs) it's fine. Um, But I really like that. Also, just because I I really love Coltrane and Cobain. (laughs) Not not the drug. Let me get that out there first. Uh, The people. (laughs) That's why I really like um, Sweet Chick, specifically because it mentions the one chick that's a gamer girl, wants to go to Comic-Con and watch his anime. I'm like, oh my god, me. And then the rest of the song is good, too. But, like... Yeah, no, so that's that's definitely my favorite part of that. Like, and it, like, just sounds really good. Mm-hmm. Honestly, we should we should probably play that. Like right now. Yeah, like right now. Um, Savior's Road's okay. I like the sample, but I think it overextends its welcome. Um, it gets kind of repetitive to me, kind of in the same way that Who Are You did. Um, it's not a showstopper, but, like, it's fine. It, it wouldn't be one that I feel myself listening to, like, a lot after this. Yeah. It's not bad, but, like, I, I think this is the point of the album where I, like, get sick of listening to it. So. Yes. So um, that's kind of, like, I start, like... It just drifting kinda, out. I, yeah, I definitely like lose my focus. Yeah, because like it builds up and builds up and builds up, and then six summers happens, and then after that, I feel like everything is just kind of like yeah, here it is exactly. Because like I'm expecting something on that level again mm-hmm. in this record, and it doesn't, it doesn't happen. Yeah. Um, and which sucks because literally there's like eight songs left after that. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know. Like Savior's Road is okay. Smile Petty is fine. 
Um, but it doesn't have like the same energy, I feel like, that the rest of the album, and it definitely doesn't have the same energy that Malibu had, um, which I don't want to like. I don't want to compare the works, obviously, because they are different. They came from different uh, creative processes. They have different inspirations and everything. But like, when you compare an artist's work, you can definitely see like there were different steps taken when creating this record as opposed to Malibu. So in this one, obviously, I think there's more focus on breaking into that mainstream more than he had. I feel like Malibu is very kind of experimental. It's very um, not out there, but it has influences that are not typically seen in traditional hip-hop that you're hearing on the radio. And this is definitely, I think, more geared toward that hip-hop listener, the person who is into what's on the radio. Um, But slowly kind of introducing the other things that this would be a good place to start with Anderson's music and then work backwards. I feel mm-hmm. like. Yeah. I agree. I have nothing to add to that. Monsa Musa's okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that one's good. I mean, I like it. Like, being a broke college student, I really love me a good anthem about being rich. Um, yeah, I can relate to that. Coco Sarai's great. We need her on more shit. Like, she's she's good. So, if, that, if I said her name right. I think it looks like you did. Uh-huh. We know my track record with pronouncing people's names, so. <laughs> um, Brothers Keeper is solid. Very beachy instrumentals, but in a way that feels modern, which is nice. Um, Anderson's vocals are really, really good on this one. I think that was the standout thing for me on this track. I thought this was a good one. I think this is honestly the last song on here that I was like, yes, I'm going to listen to this again after after listening mm. through, you know what I mean? Um, the, and then the rest of them I kind of just kind of felt indifferent about. But, no, I mean, I love Pusha, and, you know, Pusha also references Clips, which mm-hmm. is always nice because I, I was a big Clips fan back in the day. Um, and I also I love when songs switch up tempo, like, halfway through. Like, that's like, probably, like, my favorite style. What is your favorite beat switch? Because mine is Nights by Frank Ocean. <laughs> See, that's such a good one. I like, don't, I don't know how I can follow that up. One. Nights by Frank Ocean is an amazing tempo switch up. I really um trying to think. I really love The Weeknd does it a lot. Mm. And I'm trying to think of like one song in particular. Think off trilogy. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do some quick typing here. Cause I'm sure if I see the name, I'll figure out which one it was. Um, Glass Tables does. House of Balloons, no, yeah, House of Balloons, Glass Table Girls. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, That's yeah. the one. That's the one. But he, he's done it, like, he does it a lot. Um, But I really like that. Mm. And uh, Jane Aiko, if that's how you say her name, Jane Aiko, was dating Big Sean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I know I who think you're they're talking split about. up now. Um, but she has done that in a few songs, and I really liked that, too. I think Stay Ready, What a Life is mm. probably my favorite switch up from her but kevin abstract does it as well oh yeah oh, tame yeah. cab tame cab that's my favorite switch up we're gonna that, it took Too a bad. lot to get to that point but like yeah yeah no i understand completely um anywhere trippy and cheers are fine they're not really particularly strong anywhere has the last artful dodger and snoop on it but like it's just kind of like there i feel like i feel nothing about trippy personally cheers is fine mm-hmm I really, I really like Sweet Chick a lot, actually. I think it's really fun. Um, it has a good, like, beat to it. There's a lot going on in the background, like, the entire song. Um, the vocal sample that happens at the start 
it's really cool when it comes out like repeatedly throughout the um the bridge which i liked the the callback to it was just it's a fun song um it's a standout for me just because like i'll probably listen to it again i'll put it on at least one playlist i'm sure but this probably brother's keeper um six summers and tenths are like my my big four out of the 14 tracks on this yeah i'd say mine are tenths six summers and brother's keeper mm-hmm. i would say are like my my top standout I, tracks i don't like left to right like, i don't that's like a terrible closer for this album <laughs> it's it's like repetition is definitely something that is present a lot on this album, but, like, it becomes just kind of aggravating by the time Left to Right comes on. Like, if you're listening to this straight through, by the time Left to Right comes on, I'm ready. I've been ready to check out for four songs, and then now it's just, like, this repetitious chorus that just keeps happening, and there's just, there's nothing else there, I feel like. So I don't love that. But I'm sure it'll be, like, on commercials, a lot of commercials, and, like... Oh, I'm sure. Starbucks is going to get right on that. Yeah. It's going it. it's going to be present. Like this is one of those songs that I feel like even though Who Are You is probably going to be the single, like the main single that's going to take off and be on radio and stuff, this will be the one that's on like every single fucking advertisement on YouTube. Yeah. So overall, I mean, if you know Anderson Pack, you can expect you can expect what this album sounds like, yeah. I think. But if you don't, and then you look at the you look at the features, I think you're going to expect a different record, um, and ultimately maybe be disappointed. I think, mm-hmm. I think you'll get hyped up and, and maybe disappointed. But if you already are a fan of Anderson Pack, I think you'd really enjoy this album, and I think that's kind of the takeaway on this. Yeah, more Anderson isn't ever going to be a bad thing, at least yeah. in my eyes. So it's the last of the trilogy, so I'm interested to see where what the next inspiration is going to be and what the next albums are going to look like and sound like. Um, especially if it's a departure from the kind of beachy, like, 60s vibe that a lot of the songs on the trilogy so far have had. Mm-hmm. All right. Great. Mm-hmm. So that's Anderson Pack's new album. Yeah. Make Please, sure you uh, check it out. Be patient as we flip the record over and get to... <laughs> oh, my God. Side B is going to be wild. <laughs> Make sure you all stay tuned for that. So Tyler, the fucking creator, decided one day I'm going to work with Danny Elfman to recreate You're a Mean One, Mr. Grinch for Illumination and Dr. Seuss's The Grinch now in theaters. I don't know who signed off on it, who decided it, but like, I'm glad it happened. It's an actual like experience. It's it's only six tracks and it's, it's only like 10, ten minutes, minutes long, but it's we're ta- we're on a journey. We're on a magic carpet ride. It is to through Whoville. It is with Tyler. <laughs> it is Christmas through the eyes of Tyler the Creator, and like it's wild. It really is. Um, and he said, I think he had in a tweet once that the goal of this EP was to make quote Christmas music that wasn't too Christmassy. Yeah, he wanted to make Christmas like, okay. music that wasn't too Christmassy but would also appeal to seven-year-olds and their parents. That is a great target. That's a <laughs> that's a broad target market like he, audience he wants, we got he here. He tried creating, like, new Christmas songs for kids, which is fun, I think. 
Um, it was. It's funny because he usually would try to like exclude parents. Like that's <laughs> yeah. that's the kind of like audience that he would like revolt Absolutely. against. Absolutely. So this like, is have you seen Loiter Squad? Like, <laughs> yeah. So it's not long enough. I think. I think this could be longer. I think the instrumental tracks, um, Whoville and Cindy Lou's Wish, could be like ten minutes long, and I'd be okay with it. Um, but the songs that are present. Um, being Lights On, Hot Chocolate, Big Bag, and When the Gloves Come Off. They're all fun. Like, it, this is a Christmas album. Yeah, like, I'm definitely... A lot of these is going on my Christmas music for people who don't like Christmas music playlist. Mm. So, mm-hmm. on Spotify. I'm in the process of making a um, winter playlist called Wintry Mix. So get excited for that, um, because I'm sure at least one song from those will be on there. Um, so, Whoville's a really strong opener, I think. It's really short, but... The instrumental, like, pretty much immediately nails the Christmas spirit, or at least, like, when I think of Christmas, I think of, like, horns and bells and, like... Whistles. Soothing, but also, like, joyous. Yeah, like, can we also just, like, recognize that this entire thing just feels like an extension of Flower Boy? It does. So if you like Flower Boy, there you go. This is, like, the the hidden five tracks that had to get cut from the holiday release of Flower Boy. (laughs) But it really does. Like, I I love his new, like, not not new, because, like, obviously his production style has been present through all of his albums. But I, as you'll probably remember if you've been listening to us for a while, we went in on Flower Boy. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I love that record. I love the direction it took. I love everything about the production on that. And that's, this is just an extension of kind of that peak Tyler, like, yeah. creative Level. It's definitely that vibe, yeah. He went in mm-hmm. for this. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like, Whoville's, like, obviously it's just an instrumental, but like... it's You're in Whoville. But you're in Whoville now. You're in Whoville now, bitch. You ain't ever getting out. <laughs> Gunshots in the background from the Grinch remix. So, yeah, okay. So his, his remix of um, You're a Mean One, Mr. Grinch has fucking gunshots in it. Like, it is ridiculous. Danny Elfman produced that song. Danny Elfman put gunshots in a fucking Tyler, the Creator track about the Grinch. Like, what is 2018? (laughs) Anyway, when Lights On (laughs) starts, I don't immediately buy the vocals because it sounds very, like, this is a a Christmas pop song that you would hear on the radio on one of those stations that's been playing Christmas music since, like, November 20th. Star 102.5, Buffalo. Shout out. But... (laughs) But then, like, as soon as the chorus um, hits, like, it's really fun and I'm into it. Yeah, I mean, I love Santa Gold. And, like, where has she been? Like, I haven't... What's she been doing? What's she been up to? Like, I don't know what she's been up to, but, like, yeah. No, I'm glad she's on this. Absolutely. And, like, really well used, I think. I feel like, like, her, her vocals really, like, enhance these songs in a way that, like, just having Tyler probably wouldn't have. Um... And it gives you a good um, kind of foil to his, like, sort of rap slash mostly just talking thing that he does <laughs> on these. <laughs> um, Hot Chocolate is Hot absolutely chocolate. a scumfuck flower boy B-side. Like, there is no, like, that beat absolutely was going to be used for something else. And he just had it and was like, we're going to make this about hot chocolate. <laughs> I love, like... <laughs> Y'all, like, we're talking about like hot chocolate. Like, you really made a song about hot chocolate. <laughs> like, for real. Like, like he, he did, did that. that. 
his mind. Not that it hasn't already been done with that uh, Tom Hanks movie. What was it? Polar Express. Yeah, but, but like, but you know, Tyler the Creator <laughs> made a hot chocolate song, and it's good. Like, if you don't think I'm going to be blasting this on repeat while decorating the Christmas tree, like you were absolutely wrong. Yeah, no, this will really get you in the holiday spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, it's too sure. hot. Hot yeah. chocolate. Exactly. Big bag's good. Great production. A very mysterious and alluring interpretation of the Grinch stealing gifts. Um, <laughs> I think it's really catchy. It, it is, I like yeah. It a lot. And it's <laughs> there's a point in the song which you're about to hear because I'm going to play it where Tyler just says, "Where's my gifts?" <laughs> because they just got stolen by the Grinch, <laughs> and it's my favorite thing. <laughs> Can we play that? Like, yeah, right like now? like right now. Okay, right now. <laughs> It's so good. Loves it. Um, uh, when the gloves come off. I don't know what I don't it's know about. what that is. <laughs> yeah. I'm just going <laughs> to. Like, I don't know who she is, but I don't mind her. Like, I mean, it's not. I just, it's kind of like, doesn't fit. I, I mean, not, I mean, it fits like beat wise and production wise. I think it's supposed to be when Grinch finally gives up his Grinchy ways and like joins the Who's. But that's so cute. But like, I don't know. <laughs> there's so many, like, there's barely any lyrics to it. It is really short. So it's like, what are you about? Exactly. Christmas. <laughs> Christmas. When the gloves come off, Christmas. What is, how does that relate to Christmas? Cindy Lou's Wish is really good, and there's, like, synth or theremin or whatever that is in it, and I love it, and I wish it was longer. And then it ends. And, and then, then you spent over. ten minutes listening to Tyler, the Creator, Christmas music. I mean, I'm not mad oh, about no. it. No, like, no, no. Absolutely Yeah. Not. It's definitely, definitely very interesting. Like, honestly. There's only so much you could say about a ten-minute EP, but I think we've really covered our bases here. I absolutely agree with you, and I think if you haven't, if you if you are looking for something to put you into the holiday spirit, this like overexposed image of the Grinch with a bright red background is absolutely the track that the the tracks that you need to inspire you to start listening to Christmas music. It's time. So when is the new Grinch movie like coming out? Oh, it's out already. Oh. Oh. Do you, like, do you want to go see The Grinch? Because Benedict Cumberbatch is in it. Benedict um, Cumberbatch is in it? He is The Grinch. What? Yeah. Yeah. I can't picture, I can't picture him it's being in The his, Grinch. It's in his... He definitely seems like he'd be a who. It's really weird because he's doing his, like, American accent that he did for Doctor Strange, but, like, different. I don't want to hear Benedict Cumberbatch with an American accent. I don't want that. I don't want that. Well, you get a whole movie of it and he's uh... The Grinch. And he's not even that mean. He just wants to go food shopping and then is just kind of salty. So, like... Very modern day it's a, it's a modern interpretation of the Grinch, for sure. He's just kind of like a distressed, disgruntled man. <laughs> Great. Um, so, yeah, that's that was our special side B, Christmas. You know, it's the holidays, so we had to do something Christmassy. Mm-hmm. And that's what we chose to do. You're welcome. Happy Christmas. Uh, make sure you guys definitely check out our sponsor, Vinyl Me Please. Um... They're really great. Mm-hmm. The, the their pressing of the Queen album is that the record of the month. It was, yeah. I mine like literally just came in the mail. That makes me so sad. It was because I had to cancel my subscription because I don't have any money. It was Night of the but... Opera. 
Oh, um, it was Night of the Opera. And it has like this really cool pattern on it. Um, I'm about I'm about to cry. I'm about to actually cry. So, yeah, so so for those of you who don't know, I had to cancel my subscription to everything because I have no money. Um and then hopefully, you know, and in a few months I'm gonna, I'm going to make get that dough. I think they probably since renew all my subscriptions, I'm very excited. Like frankly, since it's Queen, like I'm sure that they will have more available like on the store. Well, I'm about to go I don't have a I'm about to go just buy it though. You can still just buy it, right? Probably. Even Hold on, it, I'm checking. So anyways, for those of you who don't know, um, Vitamin Please, you get like your record of the month that they specially curated that they send to you. December is um, Mavis's Staples' uh, first album? I think it's her first album. Yeah, but apparently apparently the last one was very fitting, which was Queen, uh, <laughs> which was Queen's uh, Night at the Opera, which is very fitting because the Queen movie just came out, mm-hmm. Bohemian Rhapsody, um, which by the way, if you guys haven't seen it, Worth watch, I think. I it's, really it's really long. Do want to see it? So. Yeah, it's really not bad. They definitely watered down the story, um, but you know that makes sense because it's Hollywood, um, and I don't know what it was rated, but it was make... it R. I think it was R. It might have been, but it definitely wasn't very like. It was watered down for sure. Yeah. And um, but it was definitely very good. I mean, Remy Malik was amazing. Like, let's get him in more movies. Um, he's in. Um, he's the main character of Mr. Robot. Um, on USA. I did see that, yeah. Which is very good. I looked him you, up on IMDb immediately like, after. He was in Twilight, and I didn't even know that. Yeah, yeah, he was. But, um, no, he was really great. Um, he's also in a movie directed by Paul Thomas Anderson, which I can't remember what the name of the movie was, and it came out in, like, 2012. I didn't really want to see it. But, anyways, I'm getting really off topic now. The Queen movie. <laughs> um, yeah, it's definitely, I mean, I feel like critics were really harsh on it, but, like, I think it's really good and um mike myers like has a cameo in it like not not a cameo because he's not playing himself Mm -hmm. but like i think it was interesting because he's playing like the guy who basically said that bohemian rhapsody can never be a single um on on uh on the a night at the opera record and it's just ironic if you've seen wayne's world it's very ironic because mike myers they have like a whole scene in the car yeah. jamming out to Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah. So I'm just Iconic. like, ah, that wasn't that wasn't a coincidence, that casting, I don't think. <laughs> like, there's no way. Like, they knew. They knew what they were doing. Absolutely. But yeah. You, could still, you could still get A Night at the Opera on Vinyl Me Please, and I'm about to go do that right now. Like, it's... <laughs> it will probably be available in the store, I think, next month, like when the store mm-hmm. updates for December. Um, if you do have a current subscription, they just unveiled this month, which you could change for Night at the Opera. So like yeah, you can, can do, you can do a swap. Anything. Yeah. yeah. Um, if you missed it last month or if you're just looking for it specifically. Um, it's a very, like, you. there's a lot of good records you can choose from. So even if you're not feeling what's that month, you can find something else that will appeal to you. Yeah, I that's what's so it. great about it. Like, it's really like, like, usually they, they do really well with choosing the record of the month, but you still have that opportunity to switch. And a lot of the things you can switch for are past records of the month. So if you didn't have a subscription when it came out, you could still get Mm -hmm. it. Yeah, that's Um, how I've... I've, I think I've managed to get most of the record of the months that I've wanted um, just by, you know, swapping other mm -hmm. ones. And then they do... Like, most of the time, they are available in the store later. um, Yeah. Unless they're, like, the Gorillas one that was hella exclusive. Um, But, yeah. 
Yeah. Um, so, yeah, definitely check out Vitamin Me Please. It was a long rant about Vitamin Me Please, but definitely well-deserved. We like them. Uh, we really do. Uh, and then, obviously, our merch is still on our merch site mm-hmm. uh, at numberonow.com slash spreadshirt. Uh, no, no, spreadshirt.com. Shop.spreadshirt.com backslash Edinburgh Campus Media. It'll be in the description regardless, yeah. so you can just check it out there. Um, we have stuff for, well, all the WFSC radio shows and um, and our podcast as well. Um, and then, obviously, some first on WFSC is still every Wednesday and Friday, 5 to 6. Without everything that we need to